Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In Luke chapter 9, we see a shift for Jesus. Maybe it's more of an emphasis, because right from the beginning, what we are about to hear was always his destination. In Luke 9.51, after Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, the Holy Spirit inspires Luke to write, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face toward Jerusalem. Jesus' face is set on Jerusalem, for it is there, in that place, date, and time, known by God before the foundations of the world, that Jesus will make good on the promise given to man in the Garden of Eden. It is there where he will crush the serpent's head. The devil, who knows his days are numbered, because the promise given to man was spoken to the serpent, And he knows that if this promise is kept, it will be his destruction. Now last week we saw the serpent frantically try to deter Jesus and tempt him away from his mission immediately after his baptism. And this week we see the temptation continue. Only this time the temptation is spoken to Jesus through lying lips that are spoken behind a smile from someone pretending to be on his side. Our gospel reads, At that very hour, some Pharisees came and they said to Jesus, Get away from here. Herod is trying to kill you. Now the Pharisees could care less if Herod kills Jesus. That's not their concern. They are worried that Jesus' reign will diminish their earthly wealth and their security. With their warning, they are hoping that Jesus will turn and run, that he will value his own life more than his mission, what they perceive to be a foolish cause. The Pharisees, they wanted to avoid war, They wanted to avoid war with Rome, and they thought that Jesus may just initiate this by starting an uprising. And they also wanted to keep their lavish lifestyle, along with the respect and the fear that they had from the people. Quite simply, the Pharisees wanted to keep their slice of power and control. But... With every village that Jesus visited, they saw great crowds that were following him grow larger and larger. Their only hope was also the hope of the ancient serpent, that Jesus would abandon his mission to save his own life. Now Jesus responds to this threat, this temptation, that he knows is a ploy of the serpent with these words. Go and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, 
and the third day I finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish apart from Jerusalem. Jesus' mission was foreign to the mission of the devil and those in his kingdom. Jesus' mission is a rescue mission where he is seeking to save the lost. He knows that this mission will lead him to lay down his own life while all people are expecting war. As all the people fret for their lives and security, Jesus knows that when he gets to Jerusalem, he will be the only one dying in this war. Man and the devil will all be running and seeking out self-preservation. But Jesus will be laying down his life so that man would have his life not only preserved, but redeemed and glorified. No, this threat of Herod, this temptation, would not turn his face from its final destination. Jesus was going to Jerusalem and nothing was going to change that. And he knew that at the end, that the end of his journey would have him breathing his last breath as he spoke these words. It is finished. And Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And these last breath and words would be from his destination as he hung on the cross of our shame. And in that moment when he knew no when he who knew no sin would die as our sin, the serpent's head would be crushed. Yes, in Jesus, the entire kingdom of God was coming. It was coming without our prayers. And it was coming to save all who, repenting of their sins, would receive it. You see, the kingdom of God was and does come in this present age to save those who are lost in their sin. The heart of Jesus' mission can be understood with the words that he spoke next. Lamenting, our Savior speaks, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Out of love, Jesus is coming to Jerusalem to save, to protect, to ensure our life. That is why he came, yet many wanted to run. And our Lord, he does not force his love on anyone. So those who want to are free to fight, they are free to run from the protection and new life that he comes to give. They are free to fight against the kingdom of God.
They are free to remain under the dominion of the Prince of Darkness, fighting for a peace of a perishing world. Jesus shared that rebellion against his kingdom, it is nothing new. He told those gathered that when his loving, saving gospel went out through the prophets, the prophets were stoned and killed. Our Old Testament lesson is an example of this very thing. Jeremiah was speaking a word from God for repentance and the forgiveness of sins. And the people rose up, seizing him, wanting to kill him. Jeremiah didn't fight them. No, in response to the hatred of the people, Jeremiah did what the love of God would have him do. He remained true to God, loving those who persecuted him. And he submitted his very body to the people that Jesus would die to save. Jesus is love. Love that allows the people freedom to reject him. But he does warn that outside of his love stands only a forsaken house. A house that was prepared for the devil and his hordes who foolishly turned from God and ever since have sought to turn man against him as well. Now as far as we are concerned here in this room today, I pray that the Holy Spirit would open our eyes to see our frailty and to see our need. That we would understand that apart from God, nothing lasts or satisfies. That we would see that the kingdom of God actually is coming to save us from the just penalty for our sin. And it is coming to give us a new citizenship that alone brings true peace. That the Spirit would give us eyes to see that Jesus went to the cross to pay the debt for his enemies, even for you and I. He came to transform enemies whose end is destructions, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, with minds who are set on earthly things. He came to transform those enemies into his children, into heirs and citizens of heaven. And through our baptism, he fulfills this purpose. He, he makes our citizenship, it is to become a citizenship in heaven. And from heaven, we await our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who upon his return will transform these lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. And as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we abide close to our Savior under the wing of his 